at 100.3 FM. And we welcome you to the Extraordinary Talk Show, a show to help you understand yourself and the world from a new perspective. And in the process, help you find your own personal extraordinary. And now your host for the Extraordinary Talk Show, Della Hill. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Extraordinary Talk Show. It is your host, Della Hill, and I am back with you on another Monday afternoon. I am thrilled to join with you today, and I have some things that I want to talk with you about, as always. Guys, we've talked about attachment before. I want to go into this again because it's been a little while, and there's something really, really powerful about the strength of not attachment, but of the power of releasing attachment. Let's jump right in, shall we? Buddha was known for saying, the root of suffering is attachment. He also said, the greatest generosity is non-attachment. What is attachment? First of all, let's define that. Attachment is when you decide what a situation or outcome should be. That's what you expect it to be. And your happiness is dependent on that turning out that way. Now you can see how if you are, let's say you're taking a class and you're praying, hoping, have your heart set on getting an A. And maybe it's a really hard class. Maybe there's tough tests. Maybe it's a struggle for you. And if you end up with that A minus, but you had your heart set on that A, you're going to be sad. That's going to be a downer for you because you didn't reach the one thing that you were seeking for. Even though an A- minus is amazing, it's still passing. It's still great for your GPA. If the only thing you can focus on is I didn't get that A, you're attached to the outcome of that A. And then when it doesn't work, it hurts you. It has an actual emotional effect to not receive what you were hoping for if you were really attached to that idea. Now, there's another common quote where Buddha said, the root of suffering is attachment. Consider, it's also been said that the thief of joy is comparison. Now, those things are a little similar, but are they the same? I actually feel like the saying, the thief of joy is comparison, is supports Buddha's comment of the root of suffering is attachment. The root of suffering, sorry guys, the, the way we lose joy through comparison is that when we are comparing things, we are seeing as one as better than the other. And that is also attachment. When you see one thing as better than another, you are through your perspective attaching judgment and meaning to the things that you're looking at. We all have a very different perspective too. If you, you're, if you close your right eye, then open it and close your left eye, you have two different perspectives right there. Without moving your head, without turning your head, without doing a thing, but simply only closing one eye and then closing the other eye, you have two different perspectives. Your eyes see different things. And because your eyes see different things, you have a greater depth of perception. People who only have vision in one eye typically, not always, but typically aren't very good at games like basketball because they can't see the depth 
of how far it is that they need to throw. It requires two perspectives of one from each eye crossing over each other in order to have depth perception. So you can see that having more than one perception and looking at both of how they fit and the things that are different and the distances between them allows you to see more and to have greater understanding. Not only with your eyes, but with everything you look at. You can change your perception that easily. You can change your perception by closing one eye and opening the other. Then you can change it again by opening both. You have three different perceptions just by which eye or both of them you have open at the time. Four if you close them both because then you only might see light or movement through your eyelids. But even then it's still not completely lost. When we compare something, let's say you're at a stoplight and the person in, in the spot next to you has a nicer car than you. If you look over at them and think, wow, man, my car looks kind of crappy today. You might have liked your car that morning. You might have just gotten it washed. You might have thought, wow, I'm so proud of this car. I'm so proud that I've earned it. I'm so proud that I've worked for it. I'm so proud that I keep it clean. And then you sit next to somebody else whose car is nicer. Maybe they paid more for it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they got a great deal on a nice car. Who knows? But when you sit next to them and think that theirs is somehow better than yours, You rob yourself of joy. That's another form of attachment is holding on to an idea or meaning or placing a value on something. And who knows what that value is? Because that person in that car, maybe it's a rental. Maybe it's not theirs. Maybe they're driving it for their boss. Maybe they did get a great deal on it. Maybe they want it on prices right. Who knows? That person is not a better person than you because their car is fancier than you. But we sometimes don't think through all of that. We just see the person in the other car and we think, wow, they have something I don't have. My life must not be as good as theirs. But we all know that that is crap because we all have known, I hope you have, not that I want bad things to happen to people ever, but I hope that you've had the opportunity to recognize people who have things that you wish you had, but they don't have the joy that you might have in your life. Having one thing does not make you happy. There is not one single thing that you can own that will bring you happiness. Not a single one. The only way you can find true joy is actually to release attachment of the things that you have. Now that sounds strange. It sounds like a backwards way of going about it. But the more you love your car when you get in an accident, the more upset you're going to be about it. The more you are attached to getting that A when it doesn't happen, the more upset you are going to be about it. And let me tell you a secret. When we're talking about the law of attraction, which you guys know is one of my favorite topics, one of the secrets to fabulous manifesting and having the things come to you that you desire, that you intention and specifically desire to come to you, is to release the attachment 
of those things actually happening. So what you have to do is to say, all right, this is what I want. This is what I hope happens. However, if it doesn't, that would be okay too. Guys, right there is magic. Right there is the hack of the law of attraction. Being able to want something. We talked last week about focus and intention. If you can set an intention for something without holding on to the need for that thing to happen, that is how you hack the law of attraction. That is how you bring things to you that will bring you more joy. And that is how you find more joy with the things that you currently have in your life. By simply releasing attachment, letting go of what you need to have, letting go of the list of things, the checklist that you must have to have in your life before you can be happy. Let me tell you, my friends, if you're waiting for that list of things to happen before you can be happy, there will always, always be things on that list that must happen before you can be happy. You might say, well, I'll be happy when I'm done with high school. I'll be happy when I get a job and I have some money. I'll be happy when I finish college and then I can have a real job. I'll be happy when I'm married and have a family. If you keep waiting for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, you're never going to find the happiness because at the end of every milestone, you're going to see the next milestone. And if you keep waiting for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing to happen, you're going to find that your happiness gets keep continues to be put off milestone by milestone by milestone. So waiting until something happens for you to be happy is a really great way to continue to prevent your own happiness from coming to you. Do you understand what I mean about that attachment? If you're waiting for that thing to happen, if you're attached to that outcome before your happiness can come to you, you're going to be waiting a long, long time. One thing I want to talk to you about is jealousy. Jealousy is one emotion that you may experience. And it can come in many ways. It can come related to people or things. It very often comes to related to things that we want to have, things that we want to hold. You must understand that jealousy itself is rooted in a fear of loss. If you do not fear losing the thing, you will have no need for jealousy related to that. If you are not attached to having or losing that thing, jealousy cannot grab onto you and joy is much easier to find. They call jealousy the green-headed monster. If you have experienced jealousy, this is a perfect example of how attachment can take you out of your own head and out of your own heart. People do things through jealousy that causes tremendous pain to themselves and others. When jealousy rarely happens when something is lost, jealousy usually comes simply when there is the fear of loss. So long as you have that fear of loss, you have an attachment to that thing. And when you have that attachment to that thing, that fear has the opportunity to take you over. 
Jealousy causes tremendous pain. People are hurt. Domestic abuse happens because of jealousy. Many tears are caused due to jealousy. And all of this could be alleviated if we could let go of that fear of loss. If you could recognize, hey, I have this thing, I love this thing, thing, person, car, boyfriend, whatever it is. And if your joy is attached to having and holding on to that thing, that's when jealousy comes in. That's when jealousy will hurt you. That's when envy rears its ugly head. And when those things happen, it literally takes us out of our heart thinking. When we're thinking in our hearts, we have joy. When we're thinking through our hearts, we are more genuine. We are our authentic selves. When you are thinking through fear, you cannot be authentic. When you are thinking through fear, you cannot even problem solve adequately because you can't solve a problem with the thinking that created it. And if the fear of losing this thing caused the jealousy, you're not going to end that jealousy through fear of losing this thing. You must go back and release the attachment to the thing that you're fear of lo- you fear losing. Now that's really hard, guys. Okay, I told you the hack. I've told you how to make it so easy. But actually doing it, actually releasing the attachment. If there's something in your life, and I guarantee you that there is, something in your life that you feel like you wouldn't know what to do without it. And I'm talking about big things. I'm talking about your family, your children, the people in your life. It could be your job. It could be a friendship. It could be your bank account. And if you have such attachment, if you're holding on to these things so tightly that the idea of not having them causes you pain, you are already in pain even though you still have that thing. Do you understand? If the idea of losing something causes you pain, you already have pain even though you haven't lost it yet. We also know that through the law of attraction, the more you fear losing something, the more you fear something happening, the more focus and attention you put onto that thing and the more likely it is to happen. And then when it does, you're shattered, you're lost. You don't know how to recover. You don't know how to come back because everything that you had, everything that you defined yourself by was attached to that thing, that person, that idea, that concept. It's not always even solid things. We can attach ourselves to our opinions. You see this when people argue over politics or health issues. Because when we gain an opinion, and we think it's a good opinion, we now have an attachment to that opinion. That opinion is now attached to our own personal value of our intelligence. And if somebody makes a point that goes against what our opinion or idea is, we become angry. We become defensive because what if they're right? What if they're right and we're wrong? And that means we're not as smart as we were or we not as smart as we thought we were and we don't look as smart as we wanted to be. And that causes hurt. That causes anger. That causes retaliation. Simply... The attachment to an idea, an opinion, or, an, or a belief 
causes severe trauma. It is attachment to ideas and beliefs that has caused wars through the world that have cost millions and millions of lives from the beginning of time until now. If we could release our attachment, even to the things that we think might be true, for one thing, it would open us more up so that when we find greater light, when we find greater understanding, and that understanding is slightly different or maybe opposite of what we believe to be true before, it's easier to let go of the old idea. It's easier to let go of the old concept and begin to learn and understand the new one. But if you're so attached to that idea that you're unwilling to look at new ones, you are limiting yourself. You're holding yourself back from growth, from development, and from greater understanding of what makes the world so wonderful and how it can be more wonderful for you. So, let me clarify too. There's one little note. There are two great powers in the universe. Actually, there's one great power in the universe. There's love. Love is the all-consuming, all-being power in the universe that literally causes our atoms to spin, holding a vibration which holds our physical bodies together. Love does this. Love is the power that builds. Love is the power that holds Love is the power that creates, and love is the power that forgives. Love is the only true thing that heals. Now, we have light. We don't truly have darkness. We only have absence of light. You don't come into a room and turn on the dark switch. You come into a room and you turn on the light switch, and the light forces out the dark. There is light and there is absence of light. There is love, and there is absence of love. The absence of love to the extreme, to the other end, is what we call fear. So we have, if you look at a stick and one end is love and the other end is fear, consider which one you want to have in your life more. But also consider that you may have many situations where fear is in your life and you don't recognize it as fear. As I said, jealousy is simply a fear of losing something. That green-headed monster that comes out is the monster of fear. If you are hurt, if someone hurt your feelings, the reason you are hurt is actually because you fear something. You fear that person not being your friend. You fear other people not being your friend. You fear having the negative things about yourself pointed out to you. If you can release your attachments to those things, there's a lot less fear in your life. There's a lot less hurt in your life, and there's a lot less pain in your life because pain and hurt, jealousy, anger, sadness, all of these are derivatives of fear. And every time you fear the loss of something, that is attachment and that holds you away from love on the opposite end of the stick. So if you can flip that stick and go to the end and say, 
I love this thing that I have in my life. I'm going to love it for as long as I have it. And when it's not in my life, I will have other reasons to love. That's one way to begin seeing it. It's not always easy. Guys, this isn't even easy for me. I have things in my life that I'm very, very fond of, that I'm proud of, that I enjoy showing off. I have people in my life that I care about very deeply, who I enjoy spending time with. But I also know that if I hold these people to myself, if I monopolize their time, if I keep their energy from their other pursuits, I am more likely to lose those people. And if I feel such a need to have them in my life that I hold them so tightly, when they do move on, I'm going to have more pain. The greater way to find joy in that situation is to love the people that I have in my life, to be grateful for each of them, for the blessings that they bring to me, but also to recognize that not every person is intended to be in my life for every moment of it. Just because someone came into my life doesn't mean that they're going to be in my life for all of it. They may leave a lasting impact, which lasts forever. That happens constantly. But not every person that comes into my life must stay in my life. And not all of them must stay in my life in the same capacity. I have previous coworkers that are now friends. I have previous friends that are now coworkers. I have previous acquaintances that have become good friends. And I have good friends who have lovingly moved on to bigger and better things. If you can see it that way, if you can appreciate the people and the things in your life for what they are when they are, recognizing that not everything is meant to be forever, not everything is intended to last forever, but that you are only intended to take the best and the most from the situation that you can, that you should be mindful in that moment to recognize what you have right now. You might lose it tomorrow, but what you have right now, be grateful for that, knowing that if you lose it tomorrow, you'll be okay because you will be. You can't prevent some of those things from happening. You can't prevent some people, your friends, from moving away. You can't prevent people from leaving your life. You can't prevent necessarily even a car accident that might take your car that you love away. You can't prevent an illness that might make you miss a test and lose that A. You can't control having those things in your life. What you can control is how you embrace them, how you appreciate and love them now, and love those people and love those things enough to encourage and offer them the freedom to do and be where they need to be to find their own greatest fulfillment. Because if you truly love someone, isn't that what you want for them? If you love someone, would you want them to be Happy with you if they could be even happier in a different situation or scenario. When you love someone, don't you want the very best, the very most for them? If you don't, maybe you need to consider what love is for you. Because true love, unconditional love, is wanting the most, wanting the best for the people in your life. And that means that if that person is going to be happier out of your life, than they are in your life, then that's what you want for them. 
You may have had this experience in your life where you've had to give up a person knowing that they were going to have greater joy in another way. And that's a difficult thing to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's valuable. It's powerful. And learning to do that not only gives permission, a free ticket to that person that you love to go find their greatest joy, but it also opens your windows for love. And in that act of love, that gift of love, you open yourself to receive more love. And because joy is an immediate derivative of love, when you can let go of the things that you fear, you can open yourself for love. Now, how do you do this? Quick lesson. Here's some simple things to say to yourself. When you recognize that you have a judgment, when you recognize that you have an attachment, recognize it, acknowledge it, say, look, I did it. I made this judgment. I'm holding this attachment, but I can choose again. I'm going to choose again. I'm going to choose to not judge. I'm going to choose to open my hand. If the bird stays in it, wonderful. And if it flies away, that's wonderful too. My friends, that's my time. Remember that I love you. I think you're wonderful. Also remember, I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm trying to get you to think for yourself. And when I find out that that's happening, that gives me joy. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Extraordinary Talk Show with Della Hill. Search YouTube and Facebook, Spotify, or Podbean for video and podcasts of this show. Or go to RadioStGeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Extraordinary Talk Show.